Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm Daddy McDook. As always, I'm joined by John Sheeran. And I feel like we're missing a third person, but uh, that is okay because we have the most informed Bengals reporter in the history of reporting and Bengals. I'm talking about Bengals team reporter Marissa Contepelli. What a pleasure to have you on the show to talk about the uh, schedule drop, the release. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, two kind of words. There is no way I live up to everything you just said, but trying my best, hopefully bringing Bengals fans all of the info that they want. So excited to join you guys today. Well, no yeah, other Bengals you. reporter has Bengals in their Twitter handles, so I think you have a <laughs> leg up on the competition. And also, I think you're closing in on friend of the show, Luke Knoll, in terms of total appearances on the show. Not, not many people get invited back on to a third show, so this is quite, this is quite the achievement. <laughs> I feel so honored. I did not know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, no, hopefully I mean, Marissa, this isn't the last time, too. Hopefully, there's more after this. Fingers crossed. I mean, Marissa, it's every time she's on, it's an explosion of positivity, but at the same time, information. It is informed positivity. That's what we love about having Marissa on. And uh, Marissa, we're looking at this schedule. Me and you were looking at it before we started. And you you mentioned something. There's a great point that the Bengals are going to face a lot of high-profile quarterbacks. And we know they have revamped that defensive line. We know that the secondary is going to be outstanding. We know we have Jesse Bates. We have the return of Trey Baines. We, we added Mike Hilton. So, so what matchups are you looking most forward to in terms of Burrow versus other great quarterbacks? Yeah, that I mean, that's a great point. I mean, that was the first thing that really kind of stood out to me when I looked at the schedule. And it's like you kind of go down the list and you're like, all right, high-profile quarterback, another really elite quarterback. And, you know, just kind of looking, you know, in the first half of the season, you know, I'm really curious about, you know, that Chicago game. It's only week two. Will we be seeing Justin Fields? Could we be seeing Andy Dalton? You know, that one um, I'm really curious about as the summer and camp progresses, just when Justin Fields will eventually kind of take the reins over. Um, and, of course, you know, it's always fun to, to go against, um, you know, a guy like Andy Dalton, you know, just for, for the player's uh, perspective. But, you know, that one initially stands out. I mean, how can you not overlook then week four, Thursday night football, battle of number one picks, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. I have that one highlighted, circled as many times as I possibly can on my piece of paper. Um, and then you also add in the Urban Meyer factor, being from Ohio, Ohio State, right down the road. So that's going to be, you know, one of those early games that, you know, is really is, has me excited already. And also just to kind of see what, you know, our defense can do against a guy like Trevor Lawrence. He'll have a couple of starts under his belt at that point. You know, and as you mentioned, you know, really kind of retooling this defense and especially the, the secondary, you're going to have all new defensive backs in there. You at least have Jesse Bates and Von Bell to kind of, you know, anchor down and secure, you know, the, the back half of the secondary. But Trey Waynes, Shadobi Awuzie, and Mike Hilton are three 
fresh new starters. So um, I'm really intrigued by that Thursday night matchup. And, you know, I love that it's going to be at home too here in the jungle. It's interesting that that is the one primetime game on the schedule right right mm-hmm. now. Like last year they had, I think, two or three. And, and now it's only one at the beginning. But I think 12 or 11 of them after that game can also be flexed. And it, it's like, so yes, that, that is Burrow versus Lawrence. There's so much storylines with that there's like eight players from that 2020 national championship game mm-hmm. it's also the it's also the one game where we know they're going to face another rookie quarterback you mentioned in week two there's the possibility that justin fields is the quarterback instead of andy dalton and then later in the schedule you have the san francisco 49ers coming to town is that going to be trey lance or is that going to, to still be jimmy garoppolo the game against the jaguars it's such a pivotal moment in, in the season it could be after they start two and one maybe three and no after a couple easy games to start the season and then it's like it's a it's a chance to make a statement to get back into the spot, like get back into the limelight because now they can flex some of these primetime games going into their favor. And it's also when the schedule kind of takes a, a turn for the more difficult side. Cause after that game, I think you have it at a three game road stretch that includes going to the Baltimore Ravens. So the schedule it, to me, it, it's, it's a lot of symmetry going on. There's some easy games to start the season, but five of the first eight games are on the road. And then at the end of the season, you have a tough stretch to finish the season. But most of those games are at home. So it, to me, it's like that week four game in, on Thursday night, coming off a short week, playing against Trevor Lawrence, it really signals how that first half of the season is going to go. And they really need to get to a hot start because, again, that final half of the season looks pretty tough on paper. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, sorry, go ahead, please. Oh, no, no, go ahead, Daddy. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I think with the Trevor Lawrence thing, what interests me is, okay, so Trevor Lawrence for like, what, three years, John? Three years, he's been the best QB prospect since Goldilocks. Am I right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you look at the guy and yeah, and, and no one, no, I'm serious. Maybe since Peyton Manning, right? The most, or, or maybe Andrew Luck. It's just been years where we know he's going to be the number one pick. And uh, the Bengals, it, it's almost like you had Peyton Manning and then all of a sudden, like Peyton Manning's, his, his second or third year, all of a sudden Tom Brady explodes onto the football scene and he's like, oh, this is the guy we need. I think, you know, a lot of people... Uh, when when the Bengals were had a bad record in 2019, they were like, "Oh, we're going to miss out on Trevor Lawrence." But then it worked out that we got the guy that fits so well with the Ohio culture, with the culture of the Bengals, and it's going to be interesting because I think you know I think uh, Lawrence is going to be a prolific passer, but the 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 kind of the grit and the determination and the winning we don't know if he's going to be as good as as Burrow. So that is going to be a really fun matchup for me to see what kind of, yeah, back and forth they have. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Um, You know, Trevor Lawrence had been, you know, the hot name thrown around college football for since he was a freshman at Clemson. But, you know, I always say, you know, things have a way of working out how they're supposed to. And, you know, I think it was destiny for the Bengals to end up with Joe Burrow. I mean, he fits what's happening here in Cincinnati so well. And not only his play on the field, but you also look at just his character, his demeanor. He's an Ohio kid. I mean, it couldn't have been a more perfect scenario. And I honestly can't imagine this franchise with Trevor Lawrence instead of Joe Burrow. I mean, I, I just, I think Joe Burrow was just the absolute perfect fit. And, you know, thankfully everything happened, you know, in his college career or the way it did, because if he didn't end up at LSU at the time that he did, he might not be a Bengal. And so, you know, just glad everything kind of worked out in that favor and that, you know, the Bengals do have Joe Burrow. It just, it's, it's a, it's a blessing, honestly. Lawrence's no, nickname is Sunshine too. So, I mean, it makes sense yeah. why he ends up in Florida. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it reminds me, John, do you remember when Tom Brady had the Goldilocks 
and he was remember and then the Randy yeah. Moss kind of made fun of him and then they got rid of Randy Moss. I'm just curious, can he pull it off in the NFL? Can you have that, you know, beautiful long blonde hair and, and not we'll see. That is that is the biggest storyline, I think, for the Jaguars this year. Is can he pull off the hair? But you know, we're talking about fortunate kind of happenings and things working out, even they weren't what you wanted, maybe, but they worked out for the best. And we look at week one, and, and so many Bengals fans said, Oh, we need to have Mike Zimmer be the head coach. And then we end up with the guy like Zach, who is completely, you know, first of all, he's a really cool guy. You know, I mean, he's got a really cool name. It's Zach, but no H or K at the end, nothing. It's just, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's got that mystique to it, his name, right? Short and simple. Yeah. Second of all, he's like 40 years younger than Zim. So, I mean, he he understands the world better. He has, yeah, he just, but, but not only that, but he's an offensive-minded coach with a guy like Burrow. He can unlock he can, that untapped potential. You know, he can let him. And so, really, having an offensive guy like that who clicks so much with Joe Burrow, a lot of people say, oh, we wish you got Zimmer. Well, it, that also is another thing you can say worked out, you know, for the best, for the Bengals. So that is going to be another thing. But it's his first time coming to to the to Cincinnati since he left. And he was like our greatest defensive coordinator since at least the Super Bowl years. But it's the, uh, yeah, that is going to be fun too to kind of, that's kind of how the schedule works out. Like, there's there's a lot of complaints about how you, you have these rare AFC NFC matchups, and it's only like on an eight year period. Zimmer was hired by the Vikings in 2014. He did come back to PBS, I believe, in 2016 for a preseason game, but this is his first time coming back to Cincinnati in a regular season game, like seven years after he was hired. And there was like talk about, but potentially the Vikings firing him at the end of last season if things didn't go the right way. But he's still well respected, not only in Minnesota but also within the confines of Paul Brown Stadium, too. So that's going to be a lot, a lot of reunions happening that day. You have both Trey Waynes and Riley Reef making their debuts as Bengals, even though they were signed a year after each other, and they're both playing their former team in the Minnesota Vikings. And then on the other side, Mackenzie Alexander, who is now a former Viking and a former Bengal, back with the Vikings to play his old team on his old team. A lot of stuff going on week one. And correct me if I'm wrong, is Nick Vigil now with the Vikings also? Oh, my God, he is. He is. So then you have, you have that former Bengal too. So yeah, there's a lot of connections in that week one game. Paul Gunther too is on Mike Zimmer's staff now as well. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. You know, one f- matchup that I'm looking forward to for the first time in years is the Steelers because the Steelers are falling apart. Let's just be honest. Come on. We don't have to be afraid of them anymore, Marissa. We can, we can, it's, it's not, we're not going to jinx anything. They got nothing. They got nothing left, right? John, are you scared? John, you look scared. Yeah. So uh, th- this is the question that I wanted to ask Marissa because it's been rattling in my mind in the, in the last day or no. I don't know if it's good or bad to play the Steelers first this early in the season because either A, they're going to be still working things out and they're, and they're already collapsing, which is what we I think we can kind of see they're on that trajectory, or they're still going to be the team that's close to putting it together and the team that's going to still be competitive and then they may fall apart towards the end of the season like last year. I think week three is a really interesting time to play that team because like Ben Roethlisberger could still be somewhat decent for however much decent he can be at this point when he's like 50 years old, or it, it could be just at a point where they're still having a lot of issues, especially with that offensive line. And how is that passing even going to work with a quarterback in Ben who he is now? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if week three is too early not to play the Steelers for what they could be this year. Right. No, that's a good question. I'm going to say I'm kind of in favor of the way the schedule worked out playing Pittsburgh because you do get them early in week three, then you get them again week 12. So kind of like that week 12 is giving me kind of vibes from last year with the way Monday night football played out. And, you know, you're always going to get a competitive game when you're playing 
you know, an AFC North rival. But I, I don't know. I kind of like lean towards. I, I, I like playing, having to play them early and having to go to Heinz Field early. You know, another thing is that bringing Mike Hilton in into the secondary, he's faced Ben Roethlisberger how many times in practice every day. Um, that could play into the Bengals' favor, too. I mean, I know they've seen Big Ben two times over the course of the year. I lose track because I feel like he's been in the league for like 30 years now. But I, I don't know. There's something about taking him on early. Um, and even though he could be fresh, I mean, we've seen – Big Ben, over the last couple of years, he, he is, you know, on the back half of his career. And I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm in favor of week three. I'd say this. One thing that really works to our advantage in terms of scheduling an opponent is Chiefs in week 17. Because they could be playing for nothing at that point. I mean, usually it's the last week, but, they're, you know, they might rest some of their starters. But at any rate, like, like Marissa said, I mean, Mahomes versus Burrow, that's going to be incredible. Maybe Aaron Rodgers or Blake Bortles for, for when we play Green Bay. We don't know. It could be either of these legends, one for being great and one for being hilarious. Yeah, you have Herbert. That's another one. You have Justin Herbert, who had a, you know, like a Marino-like, you know, rookie, rookie year. He's just tearing up the league. But a lot of people are like, is it sustainable? He wasn't, you know, I mean, yeah, the offensive line was bad and they improved it. But, it, it, you know, he didn't seem to have the let's let's say the kind of uh, same same savvy in his ability to read defenses that that Burrow does but it's still going to be a, a kind of like a lot of sparks flying in that one but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah i think the chiefs being week 17 is good you know another one yeah we could see we could see Aaron Rodgers on the broncos but well, i'm getting ahead of myself we don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to be no john no john says no okay so no Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it, it, okay, it would, it would be wild one? it would be wild though if they play them in week five and then he gets traded to the broncos and yeah they play him again twice I don't think it's happen, but, twice but, but, yeah i suppose never say never i feel like str- stranger things have happened but that would be yeah. one for the record books of, if some scenario like that occurred this year i say this i'm a little afraid of playing the jets i know they had like a negative 214 point differential i know they have a rookie quarterback i know the but I'm kind of afraid of playing Carl Lawson. I mean, that guy, that guy, with his skill set and his knowledge of our of our team and of our offensive line, I don't know. He could get five sacks. Marissa, I don't know. I don't know. know. I'm just saying I don't know. The offensive line is better, though. We're going to have Jonah Williams back and you have Riley Reef. So, you know, you, you've upgraded the tackles from what they were last year, having Jonah healthy. But yeah, I mean, Carl, that was a tough one. That was tough to see him go just because of how, how talented he is, especially, you know, he, he does win a lot of his one-on-one battles um, coming from the edge. So hopefully, hopefully our, our offensive line, and by that point, you know, they're going to have seven weeks under their belt, get gelling, um, you know, really have form a, a cohesive unit um and and hopefully he won't be too much of a problem you know the fact that we had you know a few seasons with Carl healthy gives me hope that they kind of know what he is capable of and I don't know maybe there's a way to game plan around that um whether it's bringing in one of the tight ends to help block um in certain packages or yeah I mean who knows what but yeah, that's another one I've kind of had like star just having the kind of Carl Lawson um, kind of revenge game out there. He's going to need mean, five sacks in that game, like because they don't really have anyone else that can rush the passer. And I, I think that's if, if the Bengals can have a trap game, if, considering who they are, the, who they've been the last two years, I think that might be it just because it's the third of three straight road games. And it's like right after a road game against the Ravens. And I believe it's right before. They play the Browns for the first time. So that could be the one that gets overlooked. But also, I don't really remember the last time 
the Bengals have lost to the Jets outside of that playoff game in 2009. I just, yeah, thought, I, I just, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I just say, I think that they, I, I agree. You maybe bring a tight end in, maybe, you know, but I think we can go unconventional too. Like, I'm just saying, like, maybe you send them a gift basket, right? With like a coupon for like a free foot massage or something. You just get on his good side and say, hey, Carl, we miss you. Look, it didn't work out between us, but can we still be friends? You don't want to see him, you know, motivated again. That's what I'm afraid of, Marissa. Mm-hmm. I, I think we, yeah, maybe just bring him some Cincinnati chili. Maybe he missed the, the, the greater's ice. We do something. Say, hey, you know, please love us. You know, just love us, please. Still, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's make sure that um, something makes its way onto the team plane before it leaves uh, for the Meadowlands that weekend. And maybe it somehow finds Carl Lawson amongst all the the chaos that travel weekends usually bring. But um, I, I think you could be onto something. I think that could help. Yeah, <laughs> but no, you. in all seriousness, yeah. I mean, that is a really that is a really tough stretch for for the Bengals to have to go through. I mean, you get the extra day going from Thursday night to then, you know, having to play Green Bay that next week, but Green Bay, if, if there's Aaron Rod, if they have Aaron Rodgers three on the road and then Cleveland before the bye, I mean, that is, I think that is one of the toughest stretches of football that you can have, regardless of who those three road opponents in. And in this case, you got Detroit, Baltimore, New York, and obviously with Baltimore, you know, being, you know, that divisional rival there right smack in the middle of that road trip. That was another thing that really caught my eye when I first looked at the schedule is that is, that is just a tough, tough stretch. At least they're going to be going into the bye, but you know, finishing off that first half of the season with, you know, three straight on the road. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know the last time that that's happened for this team. So, so yeah, so like, there's a lot of different uh, factors, like you said, in terms of the scheduling. I think we can get to predictions now. Huh? I think we've discussed enough predictions. Yeah. J- John, do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Yeah, you, yeah, first? you go, go first. first. You go first. You okay. Go first. So I just look, I'm just looking here. I could see us. I could, we're going to lose probably one game to the Ravens because we have the tackling issues with the with the with the Lamar. He just runs all over the place. He's just you know he doesn't care. He really doesn't care. He just runs wherever he wants to. He runs. He throws. He does whatever he wants against us. It's it's. I'm not going to say it's disrespectful, but I don't enjoy it. You know, as a Bengals fan. But so we have we have uh, we have that a bad matchup. I think we have uh, you know the Chiefs if they're not resting players. I don't see. I, well, look, we're not going. Let's be honest here. We're not going to be the first team to go seventeen and zero. We're just not. So I say fifteen and two. I'm just looking at the Ravens game and either one of the Chiefs games or maybe one of the Browns games. I think the rest are completely winnable. But yeah. So John, wait. So I'm going to give Marissa a good chance to go in the middle between us. I'm, I'm going to not necessarily go fifteen and two. I'm going to go just a little bit below that. I I, I find it hard to predict them winning more in three divisional games like it's possible that they make that next step but they're right now in a very much need to see it to believe it type situation they don't really have that benefit of the doubt after the last two years i think there's plenty of winnable games outside of of the division the vikings the bears the lions basically three-fourths of the nfc north are very much ripe for the picking the jets the jaguars are also games that they probably should win after that it's a lot of coin flips it's a lot of close battles again like we talked about a lot of great quarterback battles. And I think Burrow is going to be up for the challenge for every single one of them. And this offense is built now to compete with any offense in the league. With that said, this is the NFL. Things happen. Injuries happen. You lose close games and sometimes you win them. So I think with all that, I think anywhere in the range between seven, eight and nine wins is not only reasonable, but also more on the optimistic side compared to what it's been for the past couple of years. So I'm going to say 
eight and nine right now. I think that's fair. Um, and I would agree with you where, you know, any amount of those wins would be an improvement sign in the right direction. Um, I'm going to go extremely, I'm going optimistic. I'm kind of similar to you, Dadio. I am going my optimistic, realistic 12 and five. You know, I just, there's a couple stretches in there where, you know, I, I think that three game road stretch is going to be tough, where it's going to be really difficult to win all three of those games. To end the season, Baltimore, Kansas City, Cleveland is another really tough slate. But having the way Joe Burrow was progressing last season before having his injury, adding in Jamar Chase, improving the offensive line, retooling basically the entire defense with improved linebacker play. Why not? Why, why, why can't it be us? I mean, every year there's a team that was left out of the playoffs that made the playoffs the next year. It's been happening on a wild stretch now. So why not this year for the Bengals? So I, I, I can see a 12 and five, but you know, John, I side with you where any seven, eight, nine, you would take any of those number of wins this year as improvement. Yeah, or both. I would take both, the seven and the eight together. But no, but I'll just say this. Look, first of all, I just a couple other things before we get off the air. Happy 513 day is the, is the area code for Cincinnati. Yeah, it's a very, very important day in history. Uh, second of all, second of all, I want to say, Marissa, on June 19th, my good friend, Bengal Jim Foster, he is taking the jungle to the hall. It's a movement. It's called the jungle to the hall. They're going to Canton. And they're going to go to the, the high school where Paul Brown played. And then they're going to storm the Hall of Fame and, and sit in the commissioner's uh, chair and take pictures. I don't know what the exact movement is, but it's about bringing awareness to the, the, the Bengals Hall of Fame players who deserve to be officially inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I'm going to, I'm going to go, I already registered. I'm planning on going. And I just, you know, I know that this is a big boost for, in terms of PR for the Bengals to get attention to, to our players who really deserve it. Is there any way that you think the Bengals are going to make a statement on this or, or promote this or anything like that? Because, you know, Jim is such a loyal fan. He does so much to get people into the seats at Paul Baran Stadium and informs us about the history of the team and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Bengal Jim, Jim Foster, he does a fantastic job. Love his Bengal Jim and Friends show. He really has done a lot to help recognize a lot of the legends and greats that have worn the Bengal stripes over the years. So I think it's an absolutely great thing that, you know, he has organized this and is helping to bring awareness to the fact that, you know, there should be other players alongside Anthony Munoz in the Hall of Fame. And so, you know, I'm really excited to see what exactly, um, you know, the itinerary is going to be laid out for when you will go up to Canton uh, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and to obviously see all of the the blasts of photos and videos, you know, that I'm sure will be on social media, you know, and all, not only during, but after uh, the trip up to Canton as well. But it, it, it just this all stems back to, you know, us highlighting and recognizing those great players who, you know, have played here in Cincinnati. And, you know, that's why it's such a great thing that the Bengals decided to, you know, um, Elizabeth Blackburn was instrumental in bringing a ring of honor uh, to Paul Brown Stadium this season. And, you know, we've recently found out who is going to be on the ballot to fill those other two spots. And so this is just such an exciting time. It's going to be a great summer, you know, filled with just highlighting and talking and remembering our legends for the great, great players that they truly are. And so, you know, I applaud any of our fans, whether it's you, Bengal Jim, anyone else, you know, is really kind of taking that, that's putting their foot, um, you know, putting themselves out there, you know, taking that step forward and, you know, helping to really try to bring um, that awareness and recognition that a lot of these guys really deserve. Yeah, no, that was very well stated and we appreciate it. John, any, any final questions for Marissa? 
Yeah, uh, just just real quick, Marissa, you interviewed all ten Bengals draft picks as well. What was like? What was the one draft pick that ended up being the most charismatic or the most like open to sharing in your in your brief time with, with all these draft picks? Who was like the one interview that kind of stood out to you, and who are you looking forward to? I guess talking to in the next four years as as their Bengals. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is, that's tough because I really enjoyed talking to all of our draft picks. They were all fantastic. And especially like talking to them the night or the day after that they were drafted is just such a special moment because they're still excited as they should be, um, you know, sharing that moment with their family and friends. But the one that really stands out to me is Joseph Osai. I I just loved his vibe and his energy. And he he was with so many of his family and friends and just the the entire interview, like we talked for probably close to 10 minutes. We only posted about, I think it was two or three minutes of the actual interview, but you know, just getting a chance to talk with him. He, he has such a good head on his shoulders. He's worked extremely hard to get to this point. And I, I absolutely love his, his background and his story, how his family moved here from Nigeria because they won a lottery that allowed them to receive visas to move to the United States. And so he's an extremely humble and hungry young player. And there, there was just something that he just had pure energy and excitement the entire time I was talking with him. So um, I, I think, you know, he's one to kind of look out for when it comes to, I think he's going to be really strong media wise, you know, and hopefully he gets and earns the playing time, um, you know, out there on the field to be maybe that next rotational guy on the edge uh, on that defensive line. So I, I, it's hard to pick just one, but if I really had to, I'm going to go with Osai. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited about seeing Osai. I'm excited about seeing, Obviously, Jamar Chase, because it's confidence. He says he's going to break every record the Bengals have, which is kind of a strange. I mean, because, you know, how is he going to break the kicking record or the passing record? He says he's going to break everything. I don't know. The other one is Jackson Carmen, because he's so happy to be back in Cincinnati. I, I, I'm happy that he's happy. And, and I like that people take pride in playing for Cincinnati. I think it usually works out for the best when you have the local guys who love to be here. But yeah, so many young rookies. And we'll, we'll try to get them on the show. And we're definitely going to get Marissa on the show again whenever she is available next but uh, yeah i don't want to take any more of her time so thank you so much marissa for being on the show oh my and, gosh thank you so much it's always a pleasure to get to join you guys and yeah anytime you'd want to have me on just feel free to reach out and hopefully we can make it work thank you that is very nice of you and what is also very nice marissa is when people leave a five star review for us and subscribe to our podcast i think you would agree that is just the, the courteous thing to do yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't think there's another option other than a five-star review for you guys. No, no, it's very, especially on a 513 day. That would just yeah. be, this would be insulting. It's Cincinnati people are very nice. People were nice, people, warm people. And so, yeah. And that is it really uh, for John Sheeran and Marissa Cantapelli. I'm Daddy McDuke. We will see you next time. So long. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.